Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 087 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. You're very welcome to Late Lunch on this beautiful late August Tuesday afternoon when the children are back at school. What else do you expect from the weather? Only that it's beautiful. God help them. I was looking at them all going in today. First day, the little things, the Middle East, the big ones as well, all with anticipation of a great year ahead. And we wish them all well. And it is to be nice for the next few days as well. Typical, as I say. Welcome to the show. Lots coming up over the next couple of hours, including your two on Tuesday. I have a lovely one for you today. And don't forget my artist of the week this week is Barry Manlow and lots of chat in between. And if you want to get in touch with us on the show, don't forget the usual numbers 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, I want to say hello to my first guest today. And look, I suppose everybody at this stage has been touched by COVID. Very few haven't, it has to be, say, families and people right across the northeast and indeed the country. But long COVID. Long COVID is a different issue altogether. And when you have it, it stays with you and doesn't go away. And they're still researching into it and it causes huge difficulties. I'm delighted to welcome Too Late Lunch today, Neve Hughes. Welcome, Neve. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Um, take us back. You got COVID first. When? I got COVID back in September 2020, pre-vaccine, pre you know, it was still a very, very new thing. I was working on the front line and I got COVID the 17th of September in 2020. Thankfully, I wasn't all that ill with it. You know, um, I was miserable. I won't I won't say it was just a cold. It wasn't. I wasn't, you know, I didn't end up in hospital. I was lucky in that sense. Um, got over it in a couple of weeks, but it's the lingering effects. Here I am now, almost September 2022 and still grossly unwell with it. Two years on and you are a frontline professional, you're a paediatric nurse at Temple Street Hospital. And Did you catch the COVID in work? Well, I mean, yeah, I did. I mean, there's no definitive proof, but I mean, that was it was back in September 2020 when everyone was asked not to leave their house, except for those who had to work on the front line. 
you know, everyone else was locked up. We were going to work. So there's no other place that I could have got it. I wasn't going to the shops. We were getting online deliveries, you know. So where else could I have gotten it from? It must have been ferocious to work on the front line during those times. Um, It was, but at the same time, it was... It was a great place. It was great to be in work. We had fantastic camaraderie. You know, it was, it was, it's something that I'll never forget. It was a special time to work through. It was horrendous. But from a team building point of view, I mean, our team was just phenomenal. I, it was brilliant. It's great to hear that, that togetherness and everyone, you know, one for all for one and one for all. As Absolutely. A, as they 100%. Say. Yeah. But you know, when you were wearing all the gear and the protective stuff and that, God, it was really like an alien environment, wasn't it? It was. Absolutely. It was so strange. Like, and then it's funny because people who have started work, who started work at that time, we didn't know what they looked like. We genuinely didn't know what they looked like. And you'd see photographs of them and you're going, oh, that face doesn't match what, what I thought you looked like because all you can see is eyes. And even sometimes when you had the visors on and the lights shining, you couldn't even see eyes. It was, you know, you couldn't see faces. Um, so hand gestures became very, like people spoke with their hands an awful lot more mm-hmm. um, and tone of voice definitely mm. became more appropriate. Isn't you know. that something just to contemplate that for a moment that you wouldn't recognise them if you met yeah, them out in the car park after yeah. work or on the way in as well. But it was what it was. Yeah. So you get it. You're not that ill, you say, with it. You get over it. You go back to work. I went back to work. Yeah, I went back to work after four weeks um, and I was still very tired. I was still having problems with my concentration, but I put it down to, you know, I just had to get on with it. Um, and I pushed through and I pushed through and I pushed through and it came to February of 2021 and I kind of thought I just I can't push through this anymore it was getting to the stage where I was I had to stop driving to work I had to get the bus because I had to sleep I couldn't drive I like literally would get up in the morning get the bus go to sleep go to work I'd sleep at my lunch break I'd sleep at my desk at lunchtime um, and then I'd sleep on the bus on the way home and I'd come home from work and I'd go straight to bed. I was literally living in bed to work. The fatigue was just unreal. I couldn't walk any distance and talk. I couldn't breathe. I was like panting and puffing. Now, I'm not the fittest of people. I'll hold my hand up, but I could walk and talk. Um, so in February, I referred myself to occupational health and um, my they're a fantastic team in Temple Street. And Dr. McMahon took me out of work initially in the hope for six weeks to basically let my system reset and get myself back on an even keel. And in those six weeks, I actually went downhill. I think because I had stopped pushing my body through and trying to get through the day that I I literally I went from 10 to zero as opposed to 10 to 20 in those six weeks. Um, and here I am two years later, still off work. Um, every time we think I've made progress and it's time to go back, I get a setback and we don't know what causes the setbacks. I could walk five kilometres today and be brilliant tomorrow. I could walk 50 metres tomorrow and have to take to bed the following day. There is no rhyme or reason to it. There is no pattern to it. There's nothing. It's just awful. <laughs> a mystery, a conundrum yeah. you have to say. How do you how do you actually reconcile that? You can't. Exactly. You can't. You're this way today and tomorrow it's totally different. 
your concentration is an issue as well, isn't it? Huge. I know you and I are one-to-one here and you're quite happy with that. But yeah. beyond the one-to-one? Beyond the one-to-one, it's nearly impossible. If there's two or three people in the room, I, I, I can't. I can't co- concentrate if two people are talking to me at the same time, which in work could absolutely be happening. Um, if there's background noise, if there's, you know, babies crying or machines beeping, I'm like, hang on a second, what are you saying to me? So I can't, I, I, I find it really, really hard to concentrate. It's like my brain is full of cotton wool and I'm trying to pull through the cotton wool to, to get, to make sense of what's going on around me. If there's any sort of background noise at all or anything going on in the background, I find it really hard to concentrate on something else, um, which obviously working in an emergency department... Yeah. You know, it's 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 not it's not possible at the minute. What are the other professionals from your own professional saying to you? What are the doctors saying? What are the people who you're dealing with? What are they telling you? They're te- they're doing their best. They are absolutely doing their best, but they don't know. I mean, COVID was the novel coronavirus. It was a new virus. Um, so like it was a new virus when it came, and now long COVID is very new, and we're all kind of muddling through it together, I suppose, and. I think the thing that makes it harder to accept is it doesn't affect everyone in the same way. So, you know, where I'm, my cognition and my concentration and kind of headaches and things like that, other people are fine with that aspect, but they can't walk down the road. Mm. Do you know? And it's trying to find something that works for everyone. And it's it's really, really hard. Um, but, you know, some some doctors have told me, oh, you have to learn your thresholds and not push past it. But my thresholds change on a daily basis, Jerry. As I said, I could I could be fine today and I could put a load of washing in the washing machine tomorrow and have to go to bed after it. Um but Jack Lambert has he's treating it like a kind of a chronic fatigue syndrome, a bit like he's treating his Lyme disease patients. So he's he's treating us with medication that are is helping with um inflammation in the brain so it's helped to reduce the inflammation in the brain which is helping with the fatigue and the concentration Mm. and stuff like that but it's a slow process Isn't that funny that was going through my mind here because I've interviewed Limeys in my time here Mm. on the show and when you talk about those symptoms they are you know, atypical yeah. of somebody who has Lyme disease, but of course it is long COVID with you. You're attending a long COVID clinic at the moment. Tell us about this because you're now really concerned. I am really concerned, Jerry. I'm attending the long COVID clinic in the Matter Hospital in Dublin. Um, it took a long time to get in there. Um, you know, it's obviously a very, you know, it's that's just the system that it is. Um, but now they're telling, now that we've found out that they're not receiving funding for it anymore and it's to be closed. Um, and I'm genuinely worried because it's it's working for me. And, and, you know, if they close the matter and I'm referred to somewhere else, how long am I going to have to wait for that? Do you know, how long am I going to have to wait? And are they going to continue with the same treatment or are they going to try something else? The treatment that I'm on now is working. And I really, I'm, I'm genuinely worried, like... My occupational health physician in work is happy that I'm on a trajectory to hopefully get back to work. I want to get back to work. I mean, you know, I didn't train for all those years to sit at home. Um, But I'm genuinely worried. I don't know what what the future is going to hold. I mean, like, you know, I don't know whether this is going to be a setback and whether I'm going to get back to work or when I'm going to get back to work. And it's 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 frightening. The reassurance that you have and that you need in your life at the moment is about to be withdrawn Take, yeah. and taken away from you. Yeah, it's they're literally pulling the rug from underneath their feet. 
this doesn't make sense to me sitting here listening to what you're saying. Why do this? Why? And, and it's not just you. There are Absolutely. many people attending yeah, yeah. this clinic. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I, I, I can't profess to be an expert in the field. You know, I do know that there's different approaches to how they treat long COVID or how they view long COVID. And um, I know, if, um, as Jack Lambert says, a lot of them kind of focus on the cardiovascular and the respiratory point of view. So the heart rate, the high heart rate and the difficulties breathing. But a lot of people with long COVID after 12 to 15 months have those symptoms have resolved, but they're left with the, the neurological mm. symptoms and the post-COVID clinics aren't looking at the neurological symptoms. They're focusing on the heart and the lungs and they're saying, sure, that's great. Your lungs are fine. Your heart is better. Off you go. And it's like, well, I can't, I still can't hold a conversation with someone. I still can't, you know, ha- I don't have the energy to do my, to go about my daily life. And that's when it's, it's demoralising to be told, well, learn your thresholds and don't push through them. It's like, that's not something to tell a 38 year old. Like I'm, I was healthy before all this. Mm. Do you know, I have two children and to tell my I'm, I'm sure they're sick and tired of hearing that mammy is sick and tired. My God, you put that so well. I'm sure they are. Because when you think today sitting here, you remember the Neve Hughes pre-COVID to the Neve Hughes of today. Your life's just been turned on its head. Completely, 100 percent 180 degrees I am I'm not the same person I am I'm getting back to there but I'm I'm not the same person I was um I was spontaneous I was spontaneous I would yeah no problem I'll go here there and everywhere but now I have to think can't drive that far on my own I have to make sure there's someone with me that can take over the drive and if I get too tired or that I'm if I'm even going to Dublin to my sisters I have to make sure I go in the morning that I have plenty of time to rest before I drive home in the evening do you know, whereas before I'd spin up the road to the pavilions, have have a cup of coffee and come home. Do you know, it's it's completely changed my life. What about vaccinations? Have you had vaccinations subsequently? All of my vaccines, Everything. yeah. I'm up to date, yeah, yeah. Triple boosters. No issue that. with that. You wanted that. As you say, it wasn't available when it, you got it, this first. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we I was on the front line pre-vaccines, you know, and I felt really privileged when the first roll, we were included in the first roll of, rollout of vaccines. I really did feel that, you know, this was the light at the end of the tunnel. We were coming out of this. But here I am, <laughs> still here. Uh, the messages are coming in. If you're affected by anything that Neve is saying to do and want to comment, you're, we'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Just read this one to you. There's more coming in here, but this one's just in front of me here at the moment. Hi, Jerry. I, I absolutely get what Neve is saying today. Long COVID is awful. I've had my second round of COVID and I'm still in an awful way. It's sleepless nights, worried about everything, can't do things. I've been planning from the day before. Lack of interest, fear. I think I'm fearful of going back to work in case I get it again. And I have my vaccines too. I got my booster t- and two weeks later, I got a second round of COVID. You know, can, you can hear uh, what that listener saying listen, there. Absolutely. I, I, I know exactly where they're coming from. And it's, it, it, it's such a kind of, it's a paradox in that you're so tired, but you can't sleep. Think about that. I'm just trying to get my head. Isn't that just the, the most awful way to be? You need sleep, but it won't happen. It just doesn't come. It just doesn't come. So you're come. wrecked out of all yeah. proportion. 
As you say, you have a family. You want to go back to work. I hear you're, you're, yeah. you're mad. You love your job. Absolutely. I mean, being on the, like being a nurse, it's not something that you can do if you don't love it. But being a paediatric nurse, it does take a special type of person. Yes. And I love my job. I love it. And I would give anything to be back there. But I, I, it's just uncertain at the minute. And if they take this clinic away, like, I just, it doesn't bear thinking about What's happening on that front? I hear what you're saying. Have you been in touch with any other people who are using it? Is there anything happening to try and, you know, so prevent there, it? There is. There, I mean, there is um, Miriam. Oh, Miriam Cullen is one of our kind of forefront people mm. on the Long Covid Ireland Facebook page. Mm. Um, and there, I mean, there's been petitions. There's been letters sent to TDs. There's been... You know, um, I hear now there, when Jack Lambert met with the Oireachtas Committee, he did actually request that Miriam Cullen was with him, but they refused. So I think I heard yesterday that they're getting a sit down with the Minister for Health. So we're hoping that he'll listen and that he'll hear us. I mean, it's all very well listening to us, but he needs to hear what we're saying. Do you know? Mm, my word, he does. Because again, there are so many people affected. And as I say, when the rug's pulled from under you, what's going to happen? You're going to fall down and, yeah. and, and you, it's the unknown. Where do you go? What's going to happen from here? And do we have here? the energy to get back yeah. up? Yeah. It's a horrendous scenario. And you know yourself, you are not alone in no, this absolutely. by any means. Yeah, no, 100%. Many people feeling yeah. this and, and it's it's gone on and on and on. Do you ever see yourself getting back to the once Neve Hughes, as I mentioned ago a few months ago, or you did say yourself there that it was said to you that there are parameters now that you have to live within. It's hard to say. I would love to get back to who I was. I would absolutely, I'd give anything. I'd give my left arm because my right arm is the one I use all the time. <laughs> um, to, you know, I would, I'd, I'd give anything to get back to who I was two years ago. Um, but I don't know. I don't know whether this is the new me and I have to learn acceptance of who I am now. But it's very, very hard to do that. Hmm. It's very hard because I don't feel that this is me. I feel that I I hope that I can get back to who I was. Any of your other colleagues, just as an aside, affected by this that you know of? Are you? Um, I've, I've one close friend who's who's out um, with long COVID as well hmm. um, and other other issues. But no, thankfully, you know, they weren't. Like, I mean, there's I think everyone has had it at some stage in yes. work, um, but Thankfully, no one has had. It's amazing you know, the way it affects everybody. You must yeah. feel why me, do you? Never if mind only, Johnny if, Logan. If only I could get the lotto numbers to affect me this way, and yes, you know, <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I know. Like, oh God Almighty, it's a, it's a dread altogether. And as you say, there are so many people get it sailed through it, never have anything. But there is uh, quite a number of people who it didn't pass and stays with as yeah. well. It's it's an evolving thing. This is because, as you say, it's a novel virus. They're learning all the time about yeah. this, and so you have to hope that they'll they'll pinpoint you absolutely. know the issues, don't yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. You have to have hope because if you don't have that, you'd end up. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard enough to get out of bed some days with the fatigue, but if you just gave up hope, you wouldn't get up anyway. Mm. You think, what's the point? You're very good to come in and uh, tell your story to us no today. I, I, I'm really me. grateful, and and I really say this from my heart. I do hope there's reconsideration of closing this long COVID, COVID clinic in the matter. It's so vital to so many people. Yeah. And I wish you well with that. I hope, you know, that remains there for you and for all who need it for as long as uh, is needed. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Neve Hughes, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Jerry. Bye. 
Radio Awards nominations out today. It's always an apprehensive day and an exciting day for everybody. And we have three nominations this year here in LMFM Radio. The Call It Out campaign subsequent to the horrific murder of Ashling Murphy has been nominated in the uh, Community Social Action category. Well done to everybody there. Our own Eamon Duffy, his Top 10 Countdown 007 in Music Special Event. Congratulations, Eamon. And Late Lunch is nominated in short feature. And Louise and I are absolutely delighted because nominated is uh, the tribute to the late Eileen Rush called Farewell Eileen. And it's in there uh, with the shortlist. And we're thrilled, I have to say. But well done to everybody. And it's a day we look forward to, as I say, with trepidation. And it's great to get an Earl nomination, I have to say. And uh, we'll keep you posted on that. The awards night, 7th of October. The Dickie Bowen dresses out for the uh, big event in Kilkenny. And looking forward to it as usual. And a big thank you, I want to say, to our own Michael Carlin, who put so much into the awards here. He's the key man. He really is. And he puts it all together in the end. Thank you, Michael, for all the assistance you've given us all uh, this year and throughout the years as well. Late Lunch LMFM Radio. Plenty of comments subsequent to my conversation with Neve Hughes. Opened the show with us today, a paediatric nurse from Temple Street who's out of work since March 21 with long COVID. When you hear how it's affected her, let me give you a feel for what listeners are saying to us today on Late Lunch. Hi, Jerry. I just want to say that I completely empathise with Neve's situation. I was struck in particular by how a distinctive lack of of recognition of the psychological implications of long COVID and moreover the subtle echoes of some healthcare environments that can portray a culture of just get on with it, which can be extremely damaging to those providers. Unless there is a clear paradigm shift to recognise and protect the psychological welfare of healthcare workers, this situation will never improve, says James. Thank you indeed uh, for those words. Uh, somebody else there looking for uh, Neve's contact number. Uh, I'll talk to Neve about that and perhaps pass your number on to her if you don't mind. Jerry, I'm a healthcare worker. I worked through COVID myself. I've had it three Three times. I still have the fatigue and concentration issues, says Robert. I had COVID myself started July. Thank God it wasn't uh, too bad. But the fatigue for at least a month after, and thank God at the moment I don't appear to have any long-term COVID issues. Just to mention that. Here's another one. Uh, please don't give my name. No problem. We won't at all. I got COVID in December 2020 and have the very same symptoms as that lady, Jerry, you're talking to right there now, and there were no vaccines back then, which Neve told us about as well. If you have anything else to say, keep them coming to us 086 658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, let me tell you a little story. We have a young woman working with us for the last few weeks here. Her name is Lizzie Dorn and she's been looking after me here on Late Lunch uh, in recent days and will be uh, tomorrow too. Anyway, she's making her way in the world of radio and you can hear her here on Sunday nights on LMFM. Is it Sunday, Lizzie, or uh, Saturday? Sunday, Sunday, is it? Sunday. Sunday evenings, yes. Uh, uh, in the evening time as well. And she's sitting in as a guest of mine now today. So, <laughs> because you're doing everything, you'll have a brush tied to you know where shortly. You know the way they say that, Lizzie. Anyway, Anyway, thanks for sitting in with me on the show today. And it's for a, a very particular reason. The world is conscious now of environmental matters. Yeah. And fashion, as you know, and clothes. Yeah. Uh, the throwaway 
generation and society, you know all about it. You yeah. know, buy them, wear them, get rid of them. Simple exactly. as that. You took a decision last Christmas time, so you're nearly nine months in now. Tell listeners to do what and why you took the decision. To try my best to not buy anything new, basically. Put myself more in a spending van than anything else. After Christmas, you have, you know, spent an awful lot yourself. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that themselves. So it was more to kind of the money side of things and then kind of educate myself on this sustainability around fashion. Like fashion is one of the worst industries in the world for the pollution it puts out into the into the environment. So just kind of, I'm one person, what can I do to make it a little bit better on my end? So yeah, I went and spent, I didn't buy anything new. I was a spending ban. Now it did kind of originate from saving money. Of course. So that was the main, the starting point. And then it was kind of learning, trying to learn what I can do myself to make it a bit more sustainable. Kind of use what you already have. And instead of buying new, like for an example, electric picking this weekend coming up, if I had been going last year, I probably would have spent a couple of hundred quid on new outfits for the weekend. Whereas this year I'm not. I'm just kind of bringing the essentials of what I need and using what I already have. The most sustainable clothes you can have are what you already own. They're the only ones that exist. I'm just thinking here, you know, when you post Christmas and the bills come in and you spent a lot, necessity is the mother of invention, you yeah. see. That's the thing with you. You started to look at this and that's what sent you down this road. So Electric Picnic is an example. You're not going to put out that money this week. Is it yeah. fair to say that since then you really haven't bought anything new? Yeah, no, not nothing really. And I try now my best. If I am buying, I will go to secondhand. There's loads of secondhand websites in Ireland. Like there's Triftify and that's like supports loads of um, charity shops all around Ireland. You can go online, buy it as easy as you go on to the likes of the big dogs in fashion and put whatever into your basket and add up whatever. Mm. And the thing with charity shops, it is on that side of things that are is way cheaper. So it appeals to a lot more people because there is this kind of idea that sustainability is really expensive. But as I said, the most sustainable clothes you have is what you already own. So by not buying you are being more sustainable. But obviously everyone needs new clothes, come into back to school, all the stuff now you need, you know, everything. This kind of season of buying now is happening. But um, it is kind of been more mindful of what's going on and what brands to support. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to come to that in a moment. Yeah. So uh, another issue for you was, right, necessity, the mother of invention at yeah. Christmas time when you had to tighten the belt and you decided to send you down this road. The other thing was, I know you were... Um, a close contact of somebody who oh, had yes. COVID. So you had to isolate. Yes. So that's where that was another important moment, wasn't it? Yes. What did you do then? I was stuck in my room, <laughs> right. looking at my wardrobes, busting open. And I had to, I decided to go through my wardrobes, right, clear out some space. I'm isolating for seven days on my own. This was close contact stage. I actually didn't have COVID at the time. And I cleared the wardrobes and I had full black sack and I was so proud of myself, got rid of full black sack of clothes, going down to charity shops, but sure, it didn't make a difference in my wardrobe. It was still full of clothes. So I was like, what am I doing here? I've, I had clothes with tags on I'd never worn. I was buying and not returning things on time. So I was left with things. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm just kind of <laughs> in a hole here with clothes I'm not even wearing. And that was a problem itself. Because, you know, if it goes into landfill it's and it's not biodegradable, it's yes. just mm. not good. So tags on clothes. Tags on clothes. Yeah, I know. It's bad. That was very bad. That was an eye-opener as well because if you're looking at stuff you've never worn in your wardrobe for the last... Have you bought it, say, six months ago and I haven't worn it? Am I actually going to reach for that? Probably not. Do you know, and even with clothes you have now as well, there's that rule of thumb. If you haven't reached something in the last six to 12 months, you're probably not going to wear it. Yes. Get rid of it type of thing instead of having it there. But there are actually things now you can donate your clothes. So say if you had something raggedy and 
you can't give it to charity. You can actually donate it to specific brands that recycle it. So there's like specific brands that take say old denim that's tattered and holes and you couldn't give that to charity obviously charity shops won't want that but they can then upcycle that into something new whether it be a purse a bag or a jacket or something so there is actually really cool ways of you know recycling what you already have even as you say raggedy clothes that yeah. you know you couldn't really put into you know clothes banks or charity yeah. shops as well did you recycle tagged ones to the charity shop did the charity shop oh, actually get stuff. new stuff of yours brand new doesn't stuff. that show you that you know you are not alone there by any means I'd say lots of people put in stuff that have, they've never worn in exactly. charity shops and have you been the beneficiary then of, of buying on the other side thousand percent if you go in, there's low Dublin have so many charity shops. And if you go to a nice area in Dublin, into a nice charity shop, people I know people who've gotten like vintage designer jackets and jeans and all this stuff coming from these shops that have never been worn. <laughs> so like someone else might have no use for it, but it could be someone else's best yes. present ever. Yes. So that's an important point to make. You really can pick up wonderful stuff in the yeah. charity shops as well. So no buying body essentials. Of course, we want to say, Lizzie, you have to buy the basics oh, and yeah. everybody does. But in terms of fashion or new things, did you, did you feel deprived at all? No, because as I said, I had a wardrobe full of clothes. I've got wardrobe full of clothes. I've loads of clothes. I nearly been in trouble for the amount of clothes that I did have. Um, and it was more of an eye opener to kind of how can I stop adding to this and just get my basics right anyways and I know I wouldn't say deprived because I'm able to if I want to I can go browsing and that's it has definitely changed my outlook on shopping though if I am going shopping I love going shopping if I am going if I'm browsing online I will go and have a look and I'll think about am I actually going to wear that I'll take a bit of time away from it and be like okay am I actually if I buy that am I actually going to wear it and then I'll go and look on the secondhand sites or places for something similar Nine times out of ten, you will find it if you wanted to buy it that way. And then if it's a case where it's one thing, it's a trend, it's probably going to be out of fashion in a couple of weeks. Like all these fast fashion brands are on the button for what's cool on TV this week. They have a different line ready to go out in the next month or two. That's going to be completely different. So um, to not go on trends and go on what you actually will wear and get used to it. I like that. Take a breath, step back, yeah. don't buy on impulse, wait, whether you're shopping in person or shopping in line, pull back from it and think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Do you know though that adrenaline rush you get when you buy? You know? I know. Do you know that feeling that you get? Did you miss that or do you miss that? Um, I suppose if I went in now and spent a couple of, a few quid on something, I'd be, I'd, I'd love that little rush. But I've nothing that I need at the moment that I'm like, Okay, like I, I think I'd probably be followed by guilt now if I was buying something out of the, just for the sake of doing it. So yes, yeah, so it's all good. Is, yeah, is there any downside to this? Um, I don't think so because it's more of an education kind of path for me. I'm learning about what I can do on my own, what's better for myself and the environment, and lack le- less waste. So I don't think so. Okay, all good, all good. So come back to the sustainable brands because you've been looking at this as well, even though you haven't bought. But you feel that people who are in the market to buy should look at this a little more closely. Definitely. And even like for the likes of any sort of active wear, you can't really get that second hand. And I I like going to the gym, yoga, all the bits. So looking into stuff that's not that's good, sturdy, will last and that's made ethically and sustainably. For example, there's a brand called Tala and that's a fantastic brand. Like the, you can actually plant the tags that are on the inside of them. Like they're, they're seeds. So it's just little niche things like that and they actually go 
above and beyond with their everyone's very transparent with them you know exactly where the materials came from who made it how it got to your doorstep it's not going to be there the next day you will have to wait because it's not going on an express jet over to you do you know what I mean yes what about uh, buying online pre-loved charity stuff and that where do you go for that or where have you been looking so, have you bought some you have oh, you, yeah. you definitely shopped for the pre-love yeah, stuff and, yeah. and the, the the hand-me-downs or what, what has um, been donated as well where online would you recommend so a big one at the moment is thriftify so um dot ie that's kind of an amalgamation of all the charity shops around ireland and um, not all of them are on it but a lot of them are um, that's a brilliant one. On the Farfetch is all secondhand or pre-loved high-end stuff. So if you were looking for something that was a bit more, you know, you want a nice dress for an occasion, whatever it was, or else the likes. There's actually you can rent dresses as well now. Uh, there's a place called Happy Days in Leopardstown. You can rent if you're going to a wedding and you're going to get one wear out of a dress. You can actually go and rent a gorgeous dress for say 80 quid and bring it back and give it back yeah. and look what you save we spoke to the guy who founded Thriftify here on Late Lunch when he was starting out and it, at that stage it seemed to me as a, a fantastic so it's great to hear that it's, yeah. it's rocking along the other thing is what about your friends and exchanging or swapping or barter or whatever you like to call it are you in that now are you, are you doing that yeah and a couple of my friends are very on the button now with sustainable fashion and I have a couple of friends who only thrift stuff for the last couple of years so I've kind of learnt off them as well I've had I've great kind of people around me and um, if there's often cases where we're going out or we're going somewhere and I'll wear your jacket you wear mine type of thing I like that oh it's great makes sense yeah doesn't it so do you feel now nine months into this do you feel like you'll see it out for the you know some people do things for 12 months and oh, then yeah. they, or well, will you, you will, is this you now going forward I think it's ch- it changes your perspective yes and that's something that will continue on always. Obviously, we all need to buy things. We all need to get stuff. It's never going to change. But just kind of being more mindful of what I'm buying and when I'm buying it and who I'm buying it from. And you're happier. Yeah. And, and I've saved more for it. You have a few pounds in your pocket. Exactly, exactly. I, mean, I won't ask you what you do with that. We'll <laughs> leave that for another day. But good luck to you when you have the extra few, Bob. It's great to hear. Anyway, thank you for letting us in on you and what you've done since the end of last year. And we wish you well with it. And there's plenty of food for thought there for everybody listening to the show today. Thanks a million, Lizzie. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment after the break with our two on Tuesday. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'd love to be number one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. You're two on Tuesday on Late Launch LMFM Radio. Girls Loud and Love Machine from their second studio album, What Will the Neighbours Say, released in 2004. And that particular single came out on the 13th of September 04. It was their sixth successive single to make it to the top three in the UK. I was just looking this morning, they had quite a number of twos. That went straight in at number two, peaked at number two for two weeks back then. So what? Pray, dear, kept it off the number one spot. Here it is.
Oh, well, I have to say this week, Girls Aloud should have been number one. Love Machine. It had to be. How did that keep it off the top spot? That's Eric Prids. It came straight in at number one to a new entry and stayed there for a number of weeks. He's a Swedish DJ and producer and that song is based on Steve Winwood's 1992 song, Valerie. Uh, That might ring a bell with you. How did that go to number one and keep the girls off the number one spot? I'll tell you how. Check out the music video of Call On Me. Just check out the video of Call On Me and you'll understand why it stayed at number one and blocked the top spot. Deanne Berry and friends gyrating in the gym. Yes, indeed. Go in and check that video out and you'll see what I mean. Anyway, that's your number one. The one that kept our two off top top spot on your late lunch this Tuesday afternoon and we'll bring you another one please God this day week what a story that is Guinness world record yes for a man who grew this giant pumpkin an absolute whopper 846 pound the pumpkin was did he eat it for the record no he didn't he carved out the pumpkin took the top off carved it out completely and created what you could only describe. Do you know the Irish curragh? The curragh boat. The old leather boat. The leather round. The bent branches of trees. And then the leather round. The old curragh. They were traditional on the River Boyne and other places as well. Well, the pumpkin was virtually like a curragh when it was scooped out. £846. So what did he set the record for? I'll tell you what he did. He got a paddle. And he got into the pumpkin. And he paddled. 25.5 miles he didn't that was the old record he paddled 38 miles he beat the old record knocked it out of the water the old record was 25.5 new record 38 miles it's a Guinness world record he paddled that distance down the Missouri River and broke the record on his 60th birthday well done to him Dwayne Hansen is his name and congratulations on a very unusual record indeed a carved out pumpkin as a little boat with a paddle and down the river he sailed and set a new record aren't there people for everything and aren't there records for everything too there really are did you know that Bon Secours are Ireland's largest independent hospital group yes they are and if you live in the north east well they're only a hop up the road up the M1 there in Glasnevin and I'm sure many people have availed of their wonderful services well they're on the hunt they are indeed they're hunting for nursing staff and with this in mind They have a big open evening coming up this Thursday, the 1st of September. It starts at 5 o'clock. And to tell me more, I'm delighted to welcome to the show their Director of Nursing, Miss Fiona Murphy. Hello, Fiona. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Nurses are in demand in Bonds, of course, and I'm sure all over Ireland as well. Is Is there a pool out there that you can tap into? Do you believe this, that there are people that will come to you? Yes, absolutely, Jerry. Um, I think nurses are very enthusiastic and self-motivated with a passion to make a difference. And I suppose we know that nurses, you know, every time, every day, are always looking to try and improve their skill, improve any opportunities that they may have. And we're always continuously looking for newly qualified nurses or for those nurses within the last two years, you know, to bridge that gap. 
um, of where they come out from their uh, student years and they go into uh, new employment as well. I suppose, you know, we have a, a huge focus here on nurse recruitment from an international perspective as well. And we value the skills and the knowledge and the cultures um, of new nurses from across the globe as well. So I suppose for us here in the hospital, the hospital is continually growing its service and investing in development, and therefore we continually grow and develop our people. And I suppose, you know, part of our ethos here in Bond Secures is that exceptional people deliver exceptional care. So we want to attract, to develop and retain those exceptional people to be able to deliver that exceptional care that we are well known for. So recently qualified nursing staff who are looking perhaps for a new challenge to move to a different area. You mentioned the international aspect of nurses from other countries coming here, Irish nurses coming home from abroad as well. What about the whole area of uh, perhaps nurses returning to work who took time off, maybe a career break for family or something else? Are they in your uh, focus as well? Yes, absolutely, Jerry. I mean, we're always interested in nurses who may want to come back to the workforce. So people may have taken time out in relation to family or for, for many different reasons. And I suppose we're constantly looking to further deliver better, safer healthcare, and that we're really interested in those people who have huge amounts of experience but just took a break for whatever personal reason. And, and we would be interested to look and help them and nurture them back into the workplace as well. You've a lot going on there as well that would interest me just uh, perusing at what's happening at the hospital. There are big developments coming, aren't there? And one about to be delivered uh, early next year. Yeah, so that's right. I mean, so uh, as part of the Bond Secure, Bond Secure Dublin is part of the Bond Secure Health System. And I suppose the Bond Secure Health System, being the largest private healthcare provider in the country, I mean, has a very ambitious uh, plan, a 2025 plan. And that is underpinned by um, a serious amount of capital investment. And that will see investment in all our facilities. And here in Dublin, we're fortunate to be part of that investment. And we're currently uh, in the construction phase of a new build of a new 14 million um, surgical and oncology day unit. That will create a number of jobs for us. And it will also be, uh, we hope that it will be completed uh, in June and ready to open in June 2023. So that will give us a new 10-bedded day oncology unit and it will give us a 25-bedded day surgery unit, which will then work in with our new pre-assessment and day of surgery admission area, which has changed our entire surgical patient pathway and and made services much better for a patient experience and much more efficient as well. You're known for endoscopy, aren't you? And the cardiology there are, are, are real strengths of what you do. Yeah, so I suppose our endoscopy department is, uh, you know, uh, state-of-the-art endoscopy department where we uh, refurbished and added a new fourth procedure room uh, last year. Um, I suppose we are the largest uh, provider, private provider of endoscopy services in the country and uh, and very proud of that service that we deliver. Um, we're also accredited by uh, 
the uh, Joint Accreditation Group, which is an accreditation award for services that we deliver through endoscopy. And I suppose furthermore, then, our cardiology department has uh, additional testing capacity and new consulting rooms added during 2022. And that really gives us you know, it improves our facilities um, and it improves that patient experience that we strive for the whole time and and, and helps us deliver that exceptional care um, through our commitment to both uh, resources, services, and uh, then we deliver that evidence-based practice uh, through all of those uh items. My God, you're selling it well. I have to yeah. hand it to you, Fiona. You're the you're the ideal woman to do this, may I say. I'm just looking, going back to the recruitment uh, of nursing staff and that on this day uh, on the 1st of, of September coming up this week. I, I look at the different areas in relation to career. Of course, remuneration is important. Uh, yeah. you, you, you work uh, with staff as well around their own health insurance, their wellness uh, recognition and career development. But the, the one that jumps out at me, and I suppose most people, it's been talked about more and more, and it's very difficult in your situation because you need bodies on the ground. But being family friendly, that working environment, that's a very important part of what you offer. Yeah, so I mean, since I joined the Bond Secure here in 2017, I think like part of my vision really is that we would try and accommodate nursing staff, like whether they be part time, whether they have, you know, family, whether they have dependents. And, you know, not full-time work doesn't work for everyone. However, I do have a service to, to, to um, I have a service to run and I, you know, have a commitment to resource that service. But I think where we are now in 2022, we have to look and be creative and inventive and come up with many different options for people because part-time work is you know, if you have somebody who can work a number of hours, they're very competent in what they do and, and they're committed to those hours. That's really, really beneficial for me than having a post which is which I'm trying to fill full time and I can't do that. Yes. So, yeah. you know, there is so much choice for people now. There's choice out there from every other private hospital, from the public sector, and we need to be able to compete with that choice. And we need to have something a little bit over and above of what attracts you to Bond Secure. And I suppose one of the big pieces is that, you know, if you're passionate about patient care, well then, you know, our team, whether you're part-time, full-time, you know, flexible hours, but you're passionate about what you do, it works for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important from a nursing perspective yes. because you can still deliver compassion, you can deliver care and you can be committed even if you're not full time. Yes. And the other one, rather than going through them all, is the wellness thing. And we often forget that about frontline workers. In fact, I opened the door, the show today with Neve Hughes, who is a paediatric nurse in Temple Street who's suffering long COVID. And, you know, you're familiar, I'm sure, with this yourself in your own role. But the whole aspect of wellness, we forget about the wellness of the people who care for us, the professionals, frontline. Yeah, and and I, I think that that's a it's a really you know striking you know point that you make because you know and particularly nurses nurses tend to look after everybody else and forget about themselves. But you know, I here believe, and the team here with me believe that if the environment is right, if we're committed to professional development, if we're a team and we support each other 
the wellness of the employee is critical in how we move forward. So whether, you know, there's a lot of talk now about mindfulness and, you know, minding each other and how you do that. But if you have people who are mindful in their workplace and they're content in themselves, then you produce what you call this contagious calm. And it means that people go about their work. They can do it. They're not stressed. They come, they do the job, they deliver that exceptional care we're looking for. And they also know that if there's a problem, there is somebody here at the at the other side who will look after their wellness as well. Because if we don't have well-supported people and we don't have confident people who are well in themselves, they cannot deliver that exceptional care that we're looking for. That is, yeah, your words are are, are so true. I I, I can empathise with when you started there. I'm married to a nurse myself. I know about not looking after themselves and everyone else. I'm just laughing here thinking about it. I have to say I've availed of your services in the Bonds of Course on a couple of occasions and I found it nothing but... Uh, absolutely superb and uh, I would say that today you have a fantastic uh, place there and team uh, and uh, well done on that and you're looking to build on that of course tell us just before you go Thursday the 1st of September 5 o'clock what are you looking for anybody listening today rings a bell with them tell us a little bit more about that yeah, so so we're looking for nurses like of of all different uh, specialties who would be willing to come and join our team. Uh, people who are looking to uh, deliver that exceptional care, you know, who have a can-do attitude, who are committed to going the extra mile, um, who are, are part of, you know, a very uh, committed team, and you know, across a number of specialities. I suppose, you know, people need to know as well that, you know, you talked about wellness there. I mean, we have a staff wellbeing committee here in the hospital. Um, and, you know, for people out there, moving from one place to another is a very big challenge. And it's a big deal at times. But, you know, I suppose we're very cognizant of the fact that people's mental health is really important. And while you may not be happy in the job that you're in, you know, we would be looking to come and support you, develop you, um, provide as much assistance to people as they can, uh, look to integrate you into the workforce, uh, provide courses that are available, um, whether it be the new nurse graduate programme, and really to help people on the journey of being happy in their career and being happy in the workplace that they are in. Uh, you know, we're very dynamic, patient-focused, uh, and we're here to ensure that the workforce that we have are happy, know what they're doing, integrated in a friendly, caring environment. Very good. So 5 o'clock uh, Thursday, can you just walk in? Yes, absolutely. You can work. While we would like people, if they could um, confirm their attendance in advance, it's a drop-in event. Uh, there's absolutely, you know, everybody is very welcome. We will be here from five o'clock. If people want to have a tour of the hospital, they're more than uh, we're more than happy to do that. Great. And as you know, at the minute, it's widely advertised on, you know, social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, it's on the events page of our website. And, and, and Jerry, thanks very much for Not at all. the opportunity today to uh, promote the event as well. Delighted to talk to you and really enjoyed the conversation. And good luck with your recruitment on Thursday. Thank you for joining yeah. me, Fiona.
Thanks very much, Jerry. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's uh, Fiona Murphy, there, Director of Nursing at the Bon Secours Hospital in Dublin. If you are interested and know anyone who might be, you can pop them an email either recruitmentdublin at bonsecours.ie. That's recruitmentdublin at bonsecours.ie or 018065628. That's 018065628. <laughs> On the wrong damn road. Yeah, people have been singing that for years and years. Built this city on the wrong damn road. One of those lyrics that people get wrong all the time. 1985, I'm nearly sure I heard LMFM mentioned in there. I never knew that before. Massive number one in the United States of America. Topped the charts, but not really anywhere else in the world. I was just checking that out there. Except... Springbok Radio in South Africa. There you go. They loved it there too. The classic, isn't it? Real good feeling to that one on this beautiful late summer afternoon here in little old Ireland. It is late summer or is it the first month of autumn over? That's a raging debate. The seasons, August, September, October, in my opinion, are autumn. You know, the way there's the meteorological seasons, but August, September, October... November, December, January is winter and the 1st of February is spring. And people will dispute that with you. But it's always been that way in my book anyway, no matter what they say. Yes, the end of the first month of autumn and it's beautiful weather and lovely music here on your station. LMFM Radio, welcome to the show if you're listening to us, no matter where you listen to us in the world. Don't forget, you can listen to us online, on the app, download the LMFM app on your smart speaker. And of course, the old traditional tranny, of course. Uh, let me remind you about the Drogheda Chamber Business Excellence Awards. The closing date is coming up fast, Friday week, the 9th of September. It's open to all businesses in the Northeast, and it's a fantastic opportunity to promote and showcase your business and to gain recognition for you and your team. Entry is free. And for more information, if you want to take part, nominate your business or somebody else, you know, drogheda.chamber.ie. All the details are there, and the big night black tie affair is in November. Well, it's true. Drinking at least two cups of tea a day protects your heart. Yes, tea drinkers, they say, who consume more than two cups a day are likely to live longer than those who don't drink any, a new study has found out. Now, they're not sure why. (laughs) This is the funny part. They really aren't sure why. Or it doesn't matter if you take your scald, your cup of scald, with or without sugar, with or without milk, you know what I'm saying? What temperature it's drunk at? Whatever about it, they just can't say. But people seem to, uh, they've done a huge study on this. So they have, yeah, huge study involving thousands and thousands of people. So there you are. So two cups of tea a day, four cups, six cups, eight cups, ten cups, and you might live forever. There'd be a story in that, wouldn't there? There certainly would be. We love tea, don't we? People just love tea, sip away at tea. Some people have the, the, the kettle on the boil all the time, the, the teapot on the cooker. I remember that years ago, going and going as it went from a, a gold colour to a deep black. And people love strong tea as well. But we love our tea in Ireland. And we put on the, put the kettle on. Put the kettle on. You remember that horse? Oh, you won us a few bob here in late lunch. Put the kettle on. A cup of tea solves a multitude. Stress in life where there's a gossip going on. Just to welcome people. You can't beat it. And Barry's is my tea. I love Barry's tea. It's my number one Barry's tea in, care, in terms of the commercial 
AMTs. If you've had this AMT, let me know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Put the kettle on now. The news, weather and sport is on the way. But we'll be back at Late Lunch with our Artist of the Week and more besides. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Barry Manilow it is this week and his second album called Barry Manilow 2 very original wasn't it was released in 1974 producing his first big hit with the lead single Mandy which was the beginning of a string of hit singles and albums that continued right into the 80s a brilliant songwriter in his own right yet Manilow wasn't averse to recording other writers songs and scoring big hits with the likes of Mandy itself uh, Can't Smile Without You Looks Like We Made It and I Write The Songs I'll have to play a couple of those won't I before the end of the week all written all those songs by others his TV specials became huge in the USA and underpinned his success there but it took him time to get traction in Europe and especially the UK but as the 70s rolled on he was packing them in on tour in this neck of the woods and charting regularly with his songs Today my Manilow song didn't appeal to Barry himself initially and only happened on the insistence of his producer and there was a name change it was originally called Brandy with the BR being replaced by an M Yes, it's Mandy today from my Artists of the Week. I remember all my life Raining down as cold as ice Shadows of a man A face through a window Crying in the night The night goes into morning Just another day Happy people pass my way Looking in their eyes, I see a memory I never realized How happy you made me, oh man Well, you came and you gave, well, I'll take it But I sent you away, oh man Well, you kissed me and stopped me from shaking Yeah, Barry Manilow, my artist of the week, and Mandy. It wouldn't have sounded right, would it, if it was Brandy? You'd be thinking of dog food. Oh, that was a good call there to drop the BR for the M for sure. More about uh, Mr. Manilow in words and song tomorrow afternoon. Oh, Jerry, two cups a day. I was talking about the tea before three. Jeepers, at that rate, I'll live forever, as I'm sure many, many late lunch listeners will. I'm sure you're right there, Jamie, that's for sure. They love their tea in late lunch, lunch land, don't they? Yes, they do. And a uh, cup of tea, you can't beat it for sure. Thomas Darcy McGee, who was he? Why is there a summer school dedicated to his memory? It's the 11th one and it starts in Carlingford, begins tomorrow and goes on through Thursday and we are going to hear all about it on Late Lunch next. Thomas Darcy McGee Summer School is a two-day affair and it begins tomorrow in uh, Carlingford in County Louth. It's the 11th annual summer school. Who was he? Well, we're going to find out now because I'm joined on the show by the Vice President for Academic Affairs Registrar at DKIT, Dr Sheila Flanagan. Hello, Sheila. Hi, Jerry. Good to talk to you again. Thanks and very much for having me on. I'm delighted to have you with me. 
this fella made his mark <laughs> born in Carlingford I was, of course That's I right. had to do a little bit on him and find out more about him with you uh, chatting to me today but you know what it, he was assassinated and he was only 43 years of age he was a young man but he achieved an awful lot didn't he he did and he's I mean the point of the school is to try and raise awareness the summer school is to raise awareness of him in Ireland because he's he's well known in Canada mm. and there's a statue to him outside the government buildings in, in Ottawa mm. but yet we here in Ireland know very very little uh, about um, Thomas Darcy McGee he was born in Carlingford so he's, he's uh, a son of County Louth uh, he ended up becoming a, an Irish Canadian politician but he started out really as um, uh, I suppose uh, you know, he was part of the the, the Young Ireland uh, movement mm. and, you know he, he opposed uh, British influence and uh, British rule in Ireland so he was a revolutionary and he was you know his aim was to overthrow uh, British rule and to uh, create a, an independent republic and this was back you know in the uh, 1840s. Uh, so, if you think of the time period, mm. you know, the famine was, you know, coming into effect and so on and so forth. Uh, the worst years of the famine in the 1840s, and this is when Darcy was here. Um, so he fled. He ended up having to flee as a Fenian. He he fled Ireland, and he went off to the US. Uh, he arrived in the US uh, after the worst year of the famine in 1848, and uh, he, uh, or in, so he, it, during the famine, he, he arrived in the US and he became very disillusioned uh, with the sort of anti-Catholic um, a form of American republicanism that existed in the US. So yes. in 1848, he went over the border and into uh, a British province, which was, uh, which is now Canada. And um, he put down the gun and decided to engage in politics. And he felt that the only way forward for Catholics in Canada uh, because, you know, when you think of the migration from Ireland to Canada during the famine, it was equally mixed, uh, a mixture of Catholics and Protestants yes. uh, from the island of Ireland who ended up, uh, you know, in cities like Toronto and uh, uh, and so on, mainly Toronto, actually. And and he he felt that, well, you know, these Catholics and Protestants need to be talking to each other in order to affect political change. So in Canada, so he succeeded in um, getting people to put aside their, uh, I suppose, uh, fervent uh, political uh, uh, beliefs and move into a situation where uh, they were willing to engage in dialogue. And his, his, uh, I suppose, uh, mantra was, uh, there is unity in diversity. Yeah, and you know, he used that opportunity to said when the Catholics and Protestants were removed from the situation they were in in a new country to yeah. build trust and build those connections. And actually, exactly. that brings me on to the theme of the summer school, which uh, really is so important and so relevant celebrating the politics of difference, the relevance of McGee in a Europe yeah. under assault. So that's what yeah. the focus is the next couple of days. It is. It is. So McGee gave his life in the end. He mm. was assassinated. Yes. Uh, but before that happened, he he is he was instrumental in um, uh, f- helping to form the Confederation of Canada. So he's one of the forefathers of yes. Canada. Mm. So his his beliefs, you know, in the summer school, we're looking at 
his philosophy, uh, so to speak. And, you know, he's, he's you know, very much about uh, celebrating the politics of difference. Uh, he's about engagement. Uh, he's about, he had, you know, very pioneering views on multiculturalism, um, ethnicity, and, you know, the need for, I suppose, um, collaboration and uh, communication. Mm. Um, and <clears throat> that is the basis of the, 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 the summer school. So what we're doing this year is, you know, in, in the past we've looked at the relevance of McGee in the context of what's happening in Ireland, but we can't ignore what's happening in Europe uh, this year. And Europe is, you know, very much under assault, but it's under assault from two perspectives. It's under assault, obviously, in terms of the Russian invasion in Ukraine. So we'll be looking at that. But it also continues to be under assault. The essence of what is the European Union and the structures of the European Union continue to be under assault from, you know, the impact and the uh, of Brexit. So, uh, so Europe, you know, our, our thesis is that Europe is under attack. Uh, from a range of um, perspectives, and we will be looking at how McGee is relevant. Is he relevant, uh, and is his philosophy still relevant uh, in the context of what's happening? Yeah. And we have some really interesting speakers. Mm. Uh, it's a very diplomatic affair. <laughs> I would have to say this. I year. see that from the lineup. <laughs> yes, it is. We have uh, the uh, we have uh, Her Excellency Nancy Smythe, who's the um, Canadian ambassador to Ireland. And we have the Irish ambassador to Canada, her counterpart, mm. uh, Eamon McKee. And I think this is the first time that, that the Irish ambassador and the Canadian ambassador have been simultaneously at the summer school. And we're also delighted to welcome uh, Her Excellency Larissa Jurasko, uh, who is the Ukrainian ambassador to Ireland. She will be speaking also. And uh, as well as, as that, we have the former Irish ambassador to the European Union and to the United Kingdom, Bobby McDonough, uh, joining us. So a lot of key diplomatic thinking, thinkers, polit- politicians uh, there to discuss um, uh, Europe uh, on, on, under crisis from uh, both uh, uh, an Irish and British perspective, but also, uh, you know, taking the outside view, uh, the Canadian perspective, and whilst, uh, you know, at all times, uh, looking at the relevance of uh, McGee. Oh yeah, you have a fantastic lineup, and others like uh, former Commissioner Noreen O'Sullivan is taking part as well, right. and John de Chastelan is John, joining you. Yeah. Yes, John. Now John is coming in uh, via um, a Zoom link. Oh yeah. Uh, this, this time we had hoped, and he had hoped himself uh, to join us live because you know he's a former recipient of the Thomas Dorsey McGee uh, International Person of the Year uh, Award, and he's attended the summer school a number of times. So he's he's one of our loyal supporters. Uh, but obviously, you know, given his age, he's, I was speaking with him yesterday. He's 86. Can you believe it? Oh, my. Uh, Would well, never yeah. put him at that age. Not at yeah. all. Yeah. No, no, he's very yeah. fresh faced. Yeah, very fresh faced. Uh, so obviously with, uh, you know, the current uh, climate, I suppose he's slightly reserved about traveling. But he's going to join us online and he will be with us for most of the afternoon tomorrow not just for his his session which is a reflection on 25 years since the uh, almost 25 years mm. since the peace agreement uh, he did tell me yesterday that this is going to be the last time that he will speak Oh, there you go. So that's very important to it's keep in mind, too. Uh, it, it marks the occasion yeah. as special. Can anybody go along just before we finish? Or what's the story? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it begins tomorrow at one thirty uh, at the uh, Heritage Centre, at Carlingford Heritage Centre. Uh, and uh, so it's on all afternoon tomorrow and it's on all morning on uh, the 1st Lovely. of September. Mm. Uh, and of course, with all of these things, there's a social element as well. So we have a Prosecco and Oysters uh, reception tomorrow evening uh, in Carlingford, followed by some music uh, afterwards. So there's lots of opportunities for networking and meeting some of our speakers as well. Lovely. And um, so the tickets are available online um, at the, if people want to book in advance, they can go on to the Heritage Centre website and under events, Mm. uh, they can click and book uh, for the full conference uh, or for either tomorrow or um, uh, the first or they can uh, come to the door. But I would advise, uh, if possible, if people could book, because the Heritage Centre, it's a beautiful location for anyone who doesn't know it. Uh, It's an absolutely beautiful setting, but the capacity is quite limited. It's limited to about 100. Great stuff. Wish you well with it. Fascinating and well worth going along. Thank you for joining me today on the show. Thank you for talking to me, Jerry. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Sheila Flanagan there. Carlingford Heritage Centre for tickets. Tomorrow on the show, energy saving advice, uh, barrister come musician and the issue of remortgaging. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. We'll see you tomorrow, 1.30. FM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 660 4237. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.